Welcome to another Calvary Baltimore B-Side with our senior pastor, Josh Plantholt. B-Sides are a companion to the weekly sermon, giving an in-depth look behind the teaching. And now with running commentary to complement this week's sermon, here's Pastor Josh. Well, hello. Welcome to B-Sides. We are in Acts 16, uh, verses 16 through 25 today. So I'm, I'm glad you joined me. Uh, we, um, I, I put these uh, the, these Monday morning Bible studies together um, before Sunday, and I, I was we were heading into our study today, and I go, I just don't have a lot to share. Um, and then I I wanted to go through my notes again. And all this stuff started the flood. So we we went from a short teaching to a, I believe, a meaty one. So with that, let's let's just jump right on in. Um, again, welcome to B sites. Uh, so we're in we're in the book of Acts. We're in Acts sixteen, and we're going to pick up at verse sixteen. <clears throat> and as we were going to the place of prayer, and this is Paul and Silas and Philippi. We were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. That word divination there in the Greek literally means python. She has the spirit of python. Isn't that freaky? (laughs) Now, python as a reference to soothsaying and and forth-telling. So, thinking culturally about what this may mean, the, the python in, in, in Roman Greek thinking w- was used in the Roman world as a symbol for uh, fortune telling and was connected to the Greek god uh, Delphi or Delphi. So maybe this woman is Phil- uh, Philippi's version of, of the city of Delphi's oracles. Uh, so may- maybe, and, and this is what I'm thinking, maybe her initial endorsement w- was creating quite the the, the, the buzz. Uh, within Philippi. Uh, She might be the town oracle. Uh, If she has the spirit of of the Python, which is a reference to the singular chief oracle at Delphi, maybe she's the singular chief oracle in the city. So if she is one who makes a lot of money, which means she's obviously good at what she does, um, her, her endorsement would carry a lot of weight behind it. But either way, She's filled with the spirit of Python. Verse 17, <clears throat> she follows Paul and Silas, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Really interesting. The woman says that Paul and Silas are servants. Now, we miss this in the English Uh but in the Greek, it's that word doulos. I, Paul, a doulos of Jesus Christ, called, separated to the, to, to God. And Jude, I, Jude, a doulos the, uh, of Jesus Christ, the brother of James. So doulos carries the meaning with it, a lifelong slave of something, of someone. So these men are lifelong slaves of the Most High God, is what she's pronouncing. Uh, And in this culture, this means that Paul and Silas are representatives of their master. And who is their master? Their master's mightier than Caesar. 
These two men re represent the hupsistos theos, the highest God. Hupsistos theos, the, the highest, most elevated deity, the most elevated God. This woman is saying that the most high God has sent two of his slaves, his life members within his household, two lifelong slaves to proclaim a message of salvation. That, that word salvation meaning to rescue. These two men have come from the highest authority to rescue the town. This is quite a statement coming from this woman. <clears throat> and then verse 18. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. That word for Paul becoming greatly annoyed is a mix between the word annoyed and the word vexed. And Paul is annoyed and vexed by this, disturbed by this. Verse 19, but when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the, jeweler, uh, the rulers. And when they had bought, brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. That word disturb means to throw into confusion. These two people are throwing our city into confusion, your magistrates, your rulers, you rulers. Verse 21, they advocate, they, they preach customs that are not lawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Now, I want you, we're going to pause here, I want you to notice the justification to drag these men into the town square and to beat and strip them was built upon the cohesive argument. What uh, was built upon a cohesive argument? So that they were Jews. The argumentation goes that they were Jews. They were confusing or different and not Roman in custom. Now, the argumentation has a few different points, but they are all branches from the same tree. This all, all these things come from the same trunk that is disdained for foreigners. The town stripped and beat Paul and Silas because they were outsiders. They were Jews. The businessmen could drag Paul and Silas because they caused confusion with their backward speech and lifestyle. And the rulers could unjustly throw them into an inner jail because they were not Roman enough. Again, all of this, all of these points, all of this justification is built upon the singular trunk that is, they're not one of us. I'm, I'm finishing up a book called Ordinary Men by Christopher Browning. And it's a story of German police officers uh, during the beginning of World War II who... Uh, they didn't want to be part of the military. A lot of them were older, were law, law enforcement, wanted to stay law enforcement. Um, and all of these law enforcement officers were trained up uh, under the Third Reich in, in Nazi Germany uh, in the late 30s. And all of these police officers, that you know, they started to have occupying territories, and they sent a lot of German police officers 
over to Poland. And of course, the persecution of the Poles was very, very awful. It was very dreadful. And a lot of people died. Um, but when, when, when a lot of the Poles were executed and put in prison and, and all that sort of that stuff, it wasn't done by the Polish police officers generally. It was done by German police officers that they sent into Poland. And so there, there was this element within the German police officers uh, that, you know, well, they're not German. You know, there was this element that they could do this to these people because they weren't one of them. You know, that this is, this is the nature of evil, to justify uh, treating foreigners as subhuman. You know, when we think about how cruel the Japanese were to the Chinese during the launch of World War II, or how cruel the Japanese were to the POWs, both English and American. So uh, there's this nature within humanity to treat others as something less than human. You know, this is one of the things that, that could justify the American slave trade. You know, the, the, there were a lot of people, you know, predominated in the South that, you know, uh, uh, African-Americans, black people, didn't have souls. They, were, they weren't one of God's divine creatures like white people. So there was this, they could justify beating them by, by cr making them outsiders. And so here these businessmen, they, they know they're smart, they're savvy, they know how to sell evil as virtue. And they do this by appealing to the worst of human nature uh, by saying, listen, we need to deal harshly with these people because they are a detriment to our society. They are a detriment to our civility. They are causing this beautiful place to be into a confusing place. We're going to be no different than the barbarians when they're done. And so the crowd, yeah, 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 we're Roman. And they could justify all of these things by this rhetoric of their other than. They're different than us. You know, this Hitler... So what Hitler did when you look at when you look at the anti-Jewish propaganda that was springing up in, in the in the 30s in Germany, Hitler sold the idea to the Germans that that Germany needed to kill millions of German Jews for the good of Germany. Just think about that. We need to kill millions of of our people to preserve our people, and they could justify that because they made them a subcategory. Oh, they're not really German. They're Jewish. And they could justify these things. And then, you know, the gold star in the ghettos. And slowly they had them looking different. And then slowly they had them living in different places. And soon they just became others. They became people that you could mistreat because they weren't one of us. And so when I, I, I'm reading this in Acts 16, and this, this came to me this morning, it made me very alarmed to think about our own tribalism within our own country. You know, right now, I'm seeing such a divide between the left and the right. And it's growing wider. And again, racism, you know, we, we see that there's such a divide between black and white people that 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 it's not in every place. But, but it's I see evil businessmen and evil people profiting off of this division and trying to make it wider we're seeing right now this war against poor versus rich you know this happened in france in the enlightenment this is nothing new 
I, I read a I read a poll this morning on Twitter. The guy said, if you could press a button and have a million dollars in your bank account as soon as you pressed it, but the condition was is that $10,000 would come from the 100 richest Americans. It would come from their bank accounts. And I, I sat there, and I almost never answer these things, but um, I said, you know, no, that, that would be theft. Sure, they don't really need the $10,000, but it would still be theft. And so I hit no, and then the poll revealed that only 12% of people said no. 88% of, of the people that took this poll thought it was okay to steal from the 1%. And again, this is the same rhetoric. Though they're the, well, they're the oppressive class. They're the other thens. These fat cats are getting rich and they're exploiting the poor. And of course, the, you know, this really happened a lot in, 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 in Russia with the rise of communism. But, but all of a sudden now we have 88% of the population think it's okay to steal money because they're other than they don't need it that you know what and this is where this goes you know and after enough time the other side becomes foreign and subhuman and it feels justified to extinguish or mistreat others and this is exactly what these businessmen are appealing uh, are are advocating for what they themselves are um advocating uh, the preaching to the people uh and we're seeing this today in our own culture. And if if something doesn't rein this back, what we see here with Paul and Silas is what's going to happen to the church. We will be uh, arrested and mistreated, and civilization's not going to mourn. They're going to think they're doing the world a favor because we're less than human. This is where this goes. And then... Verse 24, or 22, 22. And the crowd joined in, in in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off of them. So the rulers did that and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, uh, ordering the jailer to keep. Uh, them safely having received this order he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks now i want to do something here i almost never do this but um i'm going to <laughs> i want to jump ahead a little bit into next week's study uh because i want to read verses 25 through 35 to you and pick up on a theme that that's working in the background here uh, so we're going to read Acts 16, 25 through 35. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Um, and, you know, it's funny, Dr. Frank had a, had a he reminded me of something, which I can't believe I missed. Uh, if they were arrested during the day, it's midnight now. They haven't eaten all day, so they're probably starving. I don't know how I missed that, but here we are. Uh, verse 26, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer 
called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. That's next week. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police saying, let those men go. Now, I want to read you another story. This is the story of the very first Passover. This is Exodus chapter 12, verse 29, just a few verses. At midnight, Exodus 12, 29, at midnight. So we have two stories, Acts 16, Exodus 12. Both stories of God freeing prisoners, they both begin the same exact way. At midnight. The Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the uh, of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up in the night. So uh, as the jailer rises, so Pharaoh rises. He and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up, go out from uh, uh, among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said. Be gone and bless me also. This isn't a perfect fit, but I think there's enough similarities here that maybe this is what Luke is building upon when he writes the book of Acts. Um, it's both a story about innocent people, the the Exodus and, and Paul and Silas in jail, are both a story of the innocent in bondage. Both the stories of their liberation begins at midnight. Pharaoh, like the jailer and, and the, the magistrates, are sleeping. Paul and Silas, probably like the Israelites, are awake and waiting for God at midnight. And if you read, continue reading in Exodus 12, you'll see that the people were to be dressed and ready to go. Uh, the presence of God is felt in both stories as the angel kills in the Exodus and the earthquake shakes and acts. And remember, it was established at Mount Sinai that earthquakes can be symbols for the presence of God. So the presence of God is at both. Both Pharaoh and the jailer seek a blessing. Both the Israelites and Paul and Silas are released and freed in the morning. So there's lots of parallels here. Now, what may be the point of all this? And what I would say is the event of the Passover was an event not only of liberation, but it was, a, it was an event of judgment. The angel swept over the land of Egypt and over the land of Goshen and found houses that were either covered in the blood or those who were not, and then judged accordingly. If these stories are connected, then God, like he swept over Egypt, 
swept over this Philippian jail and passes judgment. And God decides to save the jailer. And what? His whole household. God sweeps over the jail and frees Paul and Silas as righteous and faithful servants and then sweeps and then saves their captors in the process. This jailer becomes like one of uh, one of the many Egyptians who followed the Israelites into the wilderness because of their faith. And as we're going to read on Sunday coming, it was around this time that the church in Philippi was por- was born. So there are lots of connections here between the the Acts 16 and Exodus 12 that I'm not saying they're exact fit, but they're definitely worth connecting. And that about midnight, uh, how how the story uh, of the earthquake begins, is a very large clue to that. There's also other midnight themes in the book of Acts um, that I don't want to get into here, but also bear with it, Passover themes uh, that's, that's worth noting and but that'll be for another time. So with that, why don't we uh, wrap this up and pray? And we will get moving on with our day. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We ask for a wonderful uh, day today. We ask that you would strengthen us and bless us. God, we pray that you ha- you would help us to, as your, as Torah says so plainly, to take care and love the foreigner. God, do not let us become a people uh, who have are swayed by the evil businessmen of our day who can start to justify libs as others or leftists as others or the rich as others. God, let us let us be a people of reason and let and let us let us see people as you saw people with souls. Let us not see others, let us see souls. We do pray. And God, we, we thank you for a wonderful day yesterday. We ask that you would bless the baptisms coming up. We do pray for good weather. We pray for a wonderful day. We ask that you would be with us in a profound way this week. And for those of us that are within the stocks, help us to sing and pray and find joy in thee. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys so much. But I got to get going on with my day. I got my Bible study tonight that I got to start working on and prepping. So love you. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this Calvary Baltimore B-Side. If you'd like to get in touch or come visit us at Calvary Baltimore, our website is calvarychapelbaltimore.org. You can email us at calvary.faithlife at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you've been blessed by today's teaching and would like to donate to the work God is doing through Calvary Baltimore, go to our website at calvarychapelbaltimore.org and click Donate Now. Until next time, keep drawing closer to God through the reading of His Word. And join us again for the next Calvary Baltimore B-Side.